Here we go. You guys ready to jump in today? We'll jump into the Bible. You guys ready? Okay, the title of today's message is A Fresh Start. A Fresh Start. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 9. I want to encourage you to bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. It's a good thing. Now, if you have it on your phone, that's cool too. Uh, but there is something about, I think, hearing the pages turn something about it. I don't think, I don't know if it's holier. I don't know if it's holier, but it's just good. See the words, feel the words, hear the words. Acts chapter 9, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's people, Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Go back with me to verse number one. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out. What kind of threats were they? Murderous threats. This guy is angry. This is Twitter before Twitter. This is Facebook posts before Facebook posts. This guy, he's like, I can't stand anyone who's part of the way. I, I hope you die. You know how people write crazy stuff? Stuff they wouldn't say to your face, but they'll post it. I wish you would say that to my face, right? You, I, I just wish you would. Wait, Earl, come on, pull it back in. Christ-like, Christ-like. But he's just sending out these murderous threats. This is consistent with what we see a chapter earlier in uh, Acts chapter 8, verse number 3. Look at this. Acts chapter 8, verse number 3. But Saul, same guy that we just talked about in chapter 9. But Saul began to, look at the words here, destroy the church. Going from house to house. He dragged off both men and and women and put them in prison. This is how this guy is living and acting. He's going from house to house, terrorizing people, dragging off both men and women. Now we read it, it can feel a little innocuous, like we don't have the emotion of it. Have you ever seen someone be drugged against their will? Have you ever seen someone taken out of their home and, 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 and taken through the streets? Have you ever seen someone fighting against someone and grabbing them? We've seen it on the movies. But if you ever see this in person, the emotion, the atmosphere is totally different. It's chaotic. It is stressful. And this man, Saul, is going from house to house doing this to person after person. Everyone who belongs to what he calls the way. The way is what Christians were called before we ever got the title Christians. The way. Maybe it's because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe because it's a path that we've been called to walk on. But, but regardless, Paul, or, or Saul rather at this time, is upset. So he goes to the religious leaders and he says, hey, I want some letters. Give me some letters because I want to go to Damascus because I heard there's some people up in Damascus that are following this new religion, this new cult, this new sect called the way. And I want to put a stop to it before it ever gets off the ground. So he's going to go to Damascus. 
I've got a map here. Can you go ahead and throw uh, my map on there? Okay, so this is, this is the map here of uh, first century, uh, the, this particular part of the, of the world. You can see down below, down below it says Jerusalem, okay? That's where Saul is. You can look all the way up top, upper right-hand corner, that's where Damascus is. It's about 150 miles, 130, 150 miles apart. Again, Saul's in Jerusalem. He goes to the religious leaders and he says, hey, give me letters so I can go to Damascus. I want to go all the way up north to shut down all these individuals who are a part of the way. These people who are following Jesus. We find out that this guy is so angry. He's so upset. He's so filled with venom, he is willing to get on, some say, at least a six-day journey, if not a two-week journey. There are no Teslas. You cannot get a first-class flight. Southwest is not in existence at this point in time. This brother has to pack up his stuff whether on horse or donkey or however he was going to get there, travel through this terrible terrain 130 to 150 miles to, to terrorize people he's never met. This brother's committed. Okay? He's more committed than some of us are to go to work. <laughs> Slept late. Dang. Uh, I'm not feeling well today. Uh, so he goes up the road. He's going up Damascus. And again, today I was telling you we're starting with a, with a fresh start. Uh, some of us, we heard those few words and our hearts leapt because we need one. <laughs> you know right now you need one. You can feel it. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're thinking about last night, and you're like, I know. I need a fresh start today. But, Lord, you, you know how I am when he texts me. I can feel the room go. I can feel online just get real. Whoa, what, did, he, did he just... Does he know my business? No, the Lord does. <laughs> Lord, you know how I get when I'm stressed. You know how I get when I'm overwhelmed. You know how I get when I'm not sure what's, which way is up. You know how I get when I'm not feeling well. You know that I can't help but click on Pornhub. You know I can't help but DM this girl. You know I can't help when I drink too much. God, I just end up flirting with people I shouldn't be flirting with. God, you know I hurt. I say things I shouldn't say when I'm feeling this way. You know how I am when I get like this. And some of us, we are under the sound of my voice today and you know beyond a shot of a doubt, you need a fresh start. Your marriage is broken. Your finances are broken. Maybe your mind is broken. Maybe you're incredibly overwhelmed. Maybe anxiety and depression is pushing you into the ground, holding you down, pinning you down, trying to tell you you'll always be there. You're like, God, would you please help me get out of this space? The good news is today can be a fresh start for you. I'm talking today. 
I'm talking today. I'm talking if you made the poorest of poor choices. I'm talking if you went the wrong direction. I'm talking if you've been going the wrong way for five years, 15 years. Shoot, I'll say 55 years. I don't care how long you've been going the wrong way. I don't care how broken your marriage is. Today can be a day of a fresh start. If you're a teenager and you're like, man, I just keep stumbling. Today's a day. You're standing up straight. Your back's going to be strong. Your shoulders will be back. Let us remind you that you're called by God for such a time as this to be the man or woman he called you to be in this generation. I'm telling you, if you've been drinking too much, smoking too much, you know what I'm talking about like this. You've been... Some of y'all know, come on, come on. You know what I'm talking, if you have been, if it's been too long and you've been trying to get out of it, today is your day for a fresh start in Jesus' name. I got some great verses for you. These are wonderful promises. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 19 says, see, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm actually putting good stuff in random places. I'm making ways in wildernesses. I'm putting streams in wastelands when you don't think there can be any life. You think you're in a food desert. I'm going to put kale. I'm going to put sweet potatoes right there in that food desert. Wherever you might feel, where you feel incredibly lost, you feel incredibly forgotten. I'm telling you, I can find you in your loneliest space. I can find you in your darkest spot. I can find you when you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders I've been thinking about you before you even thought about you and I'm telling you today I'm doing a new thing do you not perceive it Revelation chapter 21 verse number five I love this verse too he, he, he who was seated on the throne I like it he's just he's just seated on the throne think, think, thinking like a game of thrones leaning think biggie 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 small sitting there he who seated on the throne said I'm making everything new. Matter of fact, you had to write it, write it down, write it down, write it down. Send it to the bank, send it to the bank. You, you, I'm letting you know, I'm telling, tell everybody, tell everybody I said it. Before the game is over, tell everybody we're winning. Before the clock strikes zero, tell everybody it's already fixed. Tell everybody I'm making everything new because I said it is trustworthy. So you know you might need a fresh start, but it's interesting here in this text, Saul does not know he needs one. He thinks he's right. He thinks he's fine. He thinks I don't have to change anything. Some of y'all are married to this person. <laughs> They think, I don't need to change anything. I'm good. I'm fine. Some of y'all work with this person. I don't need to change anything. You need to change. This is some of your family members. This is some of your roommates. I don't need to change. You need to change. Saul here thinks he's right and justified. But when he is not seeking Jesus... Jesus is seeking him. The same thing that Jesus did for Saul is the same thing he did for you and I. 
when you weren't even seeking him. Shoot, you're watching church today or at church today because there's somebody you like. You're like, I don't care about nobody's Bible. I ain't bringing my Bible to church, whatever. I don't care about the Bible. But you didn't even know it. You didn't, it was all a setup. <laughs> gotcha. The grace of God has been pursuing you and put you in this moment for right now to say, you weren't seeking me, but I've been seeking you. Look with me, look with me. Acts chapter 9. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm prove it to you. Some of y'all don't believe me. Acts chapter 9, verse number 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, so now he's, he's getting close to where he, his destination, suddenly from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He responds, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. He's going about his life. I can't wait. I'm going to tell these people who are part of the way. I'm going to arrest them. I'm going to beat them. I'm going to throw them in prison. These guys are wrong. And Jesus steps in. Saul, Saul. Now, maybe you read this and you see like he kind of went, yes, Lord. I don't read it like that. I read it. He's walking like, can you guys believe it? Can you believe? Saul, Saul. Like when I scare my kids. I got Parker good the other day. I got, I got him good. I got, him good. I got Onika good the other day, too. I'm not allowed to scare Onika, but I could, it was just perfect. It was perfect. She was in the bathroom, and I was just standing behind this door, and I didn't say boo. I just walked out, you know, like to pretend like I didn't know she was there, but I knew it. And she, ah! she screamed, and I giggled inside. She punched me in the face. Uh, <laughs> I deserved it, though. Um, but Saul here, he falls like he's just been, he's been startled. He's on the ground, and he's like, what's going on? Do me a quick favor. Uh, get the name of the person next to you. Ask, ask the person next to you. Ask their name. Come on. Ask them. Online, too. Ask the, ask the chat. Get in the chat. What's your name? What's your name? Ask. Ask. Go ahead. Get the, the name of the other person. Come on, don't forget the name either. Get the name of the other person too. Get your second choice name. Get your second choice name. Some of, I'm looking at some of y'all right now. You ain't turned to one person yet. I'm looking right at you. Okay, so he, he, calls, he calls him by his name. So even when Saul is fighting against Jesus. Jesus still knows his name, okay? So he's now pursuing him, Saul, Saul, and he, and he calls him his name. He says, why, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you carrying this bitterness? Why are you carrying this anger? Why are you carrying this frustration? What's, what's going on in your heart that you're carrying this? Why? Why? And, and if, if Saul was able to answer, he would give a legitimate reason. 
Say, hey, I, I've been following God my whole life. And this random guy named Jesus, they're all saying he's risen from the dead. Now they're trying to take over something that I have held dear my whole life. Here's my reason why I'm trying to kill this thing. And you probably have a good reason why you feel how you feel. You probably have a good reason why you're angry, jealous, frustrated, bitter. Probably have a good reason. Well, well, I, I feel this way because I, I did this, but they didn't do that. Like, I held up my end of the bargain as a husband, but she's not holding up her end of a bargain as a wife. Or maybe vice versa. I said yes till death do us part, and this guy is treating me like I'm leftovers. I, I thought we were supposed to have a relationship where it, we were going to be encouraging and speaking life to each other, but I live in a home where I'm torn down all the time. I, I'll tell you why I'm frustrated. I'll tell you why I'm trying to kill. I'll tell you why I'm disconnected. I'll tell you why I'm sitting on the sidelines. It's because I didn't sign up for this. I thought it was going to look different and be different. Well... Jesus says something interesting. He says, Salt, you think what you're doing is to them. But what you're actually doing is to me. See, we think when we are holding unforgiveness towards them, that it's just about them. But we learn in this text that Jesus says, what you're doing to them, you're doing to me. So the converse is also true. If I will honor and bless and encourage and lift them, then I'm actually honoring and blessing and lifting him. That if I treat you with respect... I am actually also treating Jesus with respect as well. Because this is how John says it. How in the world can I love God whom I have not seen when I don't love my neighbor or my brother whom I have seen? What you do to them, you're doing to me. So then Jesus gives Saul a gift. Gives him a significant gift, a very important gift. He gives him the gift of dependence. He gives him the gift of you need me. Look at this. Verse number seven of chapter nine. The men traveling with Saul, they stood there speechless. They're like, uh, uh. Uh, they heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. 
For three days he was blind. It did not eat or drink anything. The gift of dependence. I don't want to make light at all of being blind. That disability is legitimate and real. Maybe you are a family member or you're even in the space where your vision and things are not right. So I don't want to make light of it at all. In this moment, God uses blindness to get Saul's attention. He uses it to say, hey, you thought you were going the right way, but I'm going to take away what you see because I want to show you what I see. Like you think what you see is right, but I need you to understand that I see things from a perspective that's different than the way you see things. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you in a spot where you, can, you won't know which way to go. That you're going to need me in order to get to where you need to go. You ever said anything like, I feel lost? I feel blind? I feel frustrated? You ever said anything like that? I wonder if those are all slogans for, I'm in the middle of a fresh start. I wonder if maybe when you and I are feeling that way, it was actually God giving us a gift of dependence. I wonder if God was actually trying to get our attention to say, son, daughter, you thought you were going the right way. You thought you had everything mapped out. You thought you knew which way was up. You thought you could put everything in a system. But I want you to know I'm greater than your system. I'm greater than your future. I'm even greater than your life. And the plans I have for you are greater than anything you could even imagine. So what I need you to do is take all of this other stuff away so that you pause and sit there and you know that I am your sustainer. I am your life. I am your guard. I am your guide and I am your vision maybe just maybe when you and I are like what the heck is going on God's like I have you exactly where I want you to be it's the gift of dependence so he's sitting there Saul sitting there and we're going to read this in a second he's sitting there at this guy's house and he's praying. He's praying. He's in the middle of, I can't see, day one. I can't see. Is this going to be forever? Day two, is this going to be forever? This is going to be forever. Day three, he's sitting there. He's like, is this going to be forever? This is going to be forever. This is going to be forever. And he's praying and he's praying. Instead of complaining, he's praying. I wish we would do a better job of praying instead of complaining. We do a great job of trying to talk to everybody. I can't believe God made me blind. I can't believe I'm in this situation. I can't believe this. He did this to me. Does he know how faithful I've been? Does he know how good I've been? Does he know all the great decisions I've made? And God's like, I know all that you have done and I also know you've been putting your righteousness in your own works and you're putting your energy in your own self so what I need you to do is pause for a second because son daughter I want to rearrange your value system I want you to be so dependent on me so he's sitting there and while he's sitting here God's over here talking to somebody else he's talking to this other dude about Saul. Y'all don't believe me. See, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. I'm going to prove it to you. Look at this. Look at this. Verse number 10. Verse number 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. 
the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Notice he only has to say Ananias' name once. Because Ananias is listening. How many times has God had to call your name? I feel like he's had to call my name. I'm Earl. 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 And how many of y'all has he had to call your name so many times? Ananias, no, he's locked in. He's locked in. He calls him one time. Yes, Lord, he answered. He doesn't know what's coming. <laughs> the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on the straight, uh, on, on straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Remember I told you, Saul's over there praying. In a vision, so God is giving Saul visions even though Saul can't see. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13, Ananias ain't dumb. Uh, Lord, I've heard about your boy. Um, I've heard about the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here. I'm not sure if you know this, Lord. I just want to let you know. He has come here with, like, papers to drag us from where we are and to put us in prison in Jerusalem. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and, and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias is doing his dishes. Yeah, love the Lord. I don't know, he's doing, I don't know, I don't know what song he's listening to. He's, he's doing his dishes. Ananias, yes, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm here. These prayers we pray. I'm here to do whatever you want me to do, Lord. I'm your servant. Just show me where to go, what you want me to do. Okay. There's the guy that's here to kill you. Go see him. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> I'm willing to do anything you want me to do except stuff I don't want to do. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do as long as I, it doesn't inconvenience the plans that I already have, Lord. I'll give what you want me to give. Go where you want me to go. Do what you want me to do as long as it's in alignment with the plans I have. <laughs> Ananias, he goes, uh, I appreciate his honesty. <laughs> I don't want to. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to. Um, can you ask somebody else to do it? Can you ask somebody else to step up? Can you ask somebody else to show up there? Can you ask some? Nope. You. Because I talked to him 
about you. Now I'm talking to you about him. I'm making a connection here that's a divine connection. Notice that God could have healed Saul's blindness all by Saul's self, but God is interested in Saul understanding that your deliverance does not just come from you sitting in a room all by yourself. It comes from you being connected in the community and the family that I put you in. The church is the place where I want you to understand I'm going to bring the healing and deliverance that I have for you because we are interested in, in me but God is interested in we our society says me 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 but God's like no no you can't do me right without the right we around you you gotta have the right connections so Ananias gets up and he goes over there verse 17 look at this look at this verse 17 then Ananias went to the house and he entered it placing his hands on Saul feel this feel this placing his hands on Saul he said I can't stand you Saul Saul I know about your past nope brother Saul calls him brother not because Saul has done anything right, because all Saul has done is, are things that are wrong. He calls him brother because of how Jesus saw Saul. And Ananias said, I'm going to call you what Jesus calls you, not how I see you. <laughs> brother Saul, his hands are on him. Remember, Saul is sitting here blind. He cannot see, but he can feel and he can hear. So Ananias puts his hands on him because he knows Saul can feel and he calls him brother because he knows he can hear. Can I submit to you that our world is blind, but they can feel and they can hear. I pray that we would be the type of church that would lay hands on people, not in anger, but they would sense the love and the grace and the conviction that can only come from God, and they would hear us calling them brother even before they had the opportunity to do anything right. Brother or sister, I'm here because God sent me. I'm in business because God sent me. I'm in politics because God sent me. I'm in the entertainment industry because God sent me. I'm in social media because God sent me. I'm in education because God sent me. And I'm not better. I didn't even want to come. He just sent me. Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, verse 17, he has sent me for two things. He has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I came here. I'm putting my hands on you so that you can see again. But not only so you can see again but so you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Saul, you've been filled with jealousy. 
You've been filled with anger. How many of us, come on, online, in the room, San Antonio, up north, uh, shoot, Chicago, wherever you might be watching from today, Colorado, Kenya, Michigan, all of us have been filled with so much stuff. Shoot, 2020 filled us up with a whole bunch of stuff, resentment, anger, frustration, debt, doubt. There's so much stuff that we're filled up with, but today, I'm praying today's a day that we get unfilled with all the jealousy and pride and perversion and insecurity and today's a day that we get filled up afresh and anew with the Holy Spirit. The church I grew up in made being filled with the Holy Spirit about tongues. Some of y'all heard about this, like speaking in tongues. And, uh, and I believe all, and all, we believe all, all the gifts of the Spirit. They're all mapped out there. I believe in all of them. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, healings, gift of faith, all, all of it. But it was like tongues uh, means you're filled with the Spirit. So you can like be mean and nasty. But if you speak in tongues, it's like, <laughs> yeah. You speak in tongues? <laughs> Don't look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, talk like Jesus, love like Jesus, serve like Jesus, give like Jesus. None of that. But tongues. Then some of y'all heard about being filled with the Spirit, and it was weird. Your church never talked about it. But the Bible goes, here it is. And it's not weird, and it's not minimized to some particular spiritual gift. This is you and I being transformed and changed from the inside out by the power of God to live a life that reflects the character of Christ. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Don't let people make it weird. Don't let people try to take away what God has given us as a gift. The Holy Spirit was there all the way in Genesis chapter 1, and he's all the way through all of Scripture, and this is the promise that Jesus said was coming. He is. It's not an it. He's a he, and the Holy Spirit wants to fill every single one of us up afresh and anew today. I'm praying online in the room that we would see again and we would be filled with the Spirit. My last verse, immediately something like scales fell from the eyes of Saul, and he could see again. He got up and he even got baptized. They ate some food, was strengthened. Today I'm praying we would see again every one of us, and be filled with the Spirit. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment. I want you to bow your heads just so you can focus for just a second. If you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, I want to make this really clear. I'm not asking, did you go to a church? I'm not asking, were you confirmed as a child? I'm not asking, do you have a Bible? I'm not asking, even do you believe in God necessarily? I'm asking, have you surrendered your life to the way and the path and the person of Jesus Christ? And he is the final authority in your life saying, Jesus, I'm going your way, not my way. 
If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart to Christ. Or at one point in time you did, you slipped away. And today you're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand in the air. You're saying, yep, that's me. we got hands going up all over the place. Friends online, come on, lift your hand right now. Lift your hand. You're saying, yep, that's me. That's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. This is beautiful. This is powerful. This is holy. I'm going to ask everyone do me a favor put your hand over your heart right now if you would not mind and I want everyone online in the room to repeat this prayer out loud after me say dear Jesus I ask you to forgive me of all my sins I admit I made mistakes and today I give you my heart I give you my life give me the power to live for you in Jesus name amen and amen can we lift our heads up come on church family clap our hands with celebration and joy.